It's time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. <laughs> Zumio is a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com Rachel. That's R-A-C-H-E-L for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode two of the Right Conversations. Today, we are having a conversation about making peace with your past. And I am so thrilled to have one of my dear friends on who is also a fucking bad ass. <laughs> She's a coach for entrepreneurs. Well, let me just read you her bio. Amber Liliestrom is a transformational branding strategist and business coach, author, and speaker. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Working Mother Magazine and appeared on countless top-rated podcasts. Hey, and now this one. Amber helps visionary entrepreneurs and CEOs align their purpose with their profit and position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders through her life-changing brand love method. She is the author of Master Your Money Mind, Paddle Home, and Quantum Wealth, and lives with her family on a lake in the woods of New Hampshire. Amber is one of the most unique, gifted, wonderful, loving, soulful human beings. And one of my favorite things about her is, and we talk a little bit about this in the interview, she and I are very different, very different and have very different upbringings and very different experiences in the world, especially around uh, sex and relationships. And we see each other and we get each other. And Amber is always open to learning. And um, she talks about some really vulnerable stuff from her past. And we get into a lot, a lot of things. So whether you are an entrepreneur, a parent, a friend, a human, you will gain something from this interview. So without any further ado, here's Amber Liliestrom. Amber, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here, my darling friend. Oh, so for those of you who don't know Amber, I know that I just gave this 
accolade introduction. She is one of the best souls on the planet. And I just, from the moment that we met, I was like, oh, cool. Soul sister. Got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. I understand what that means now. Um, so I am so excited for, for you to be here and to share yourself with, with my little community. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm so proud of you for launching this podcast. I feel like it's been such a long time coming and your community is, I mean, there is not a community on the interwebs that is more just invested and, and <laughs> I don't know, they entertain me in your ask me anything or the assume whatever you type. <laughs> I'm so those. glad. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, Oh, they really went there. They really asked that question. Uh, that is amazing. I love, I love you all. So Thank you guys for loving Rachel the way you do and for being so you. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's uh we try to not have shame around these parts and when we release shame so much is allowed to come up. Mm. Mm. So Amen. Uh, okay, so today's theme is about making peace with your past and I want to just start by asking you what that means to you. Mm. Well, first of all, shame just comes right up. <laughs> right. So it's like, there's the button. And mm -hmm. it's interesting when you ask the question, it's like immediately I just get these visuals of shameful, painful experiences of my life mm. and like in a little laundry list, you know, and like seeing the faces and seeing those, those chapters and those seasons. And, you know, I think if we live our life like that, just literally looking at that laundry list, it's, it's crushing. Like the weight of that is impossible to get out from under. And so I've been on a journey for a really long time, you know, with therapy and coaching and um, support to get underneath it and to not try to lift the whole thing, but to just pull pieces out of it and to visit with those different stories and those versions of myself and to move into forgiveness work and move into self-compassion and move into self-parenting and uh, all of all of these different things that we do, you know, in this type of work. And it's helped me to to pull pieces out. And, you know, of course, inner child work and going back in yeah. my own timeline. And, you know, I think being a mother has been um, the biggest lesson in this because you just cannot avoid um, seeing yourself in your little clone child that is <laughs> going through all of the same ages and stages yeah. that you once did. And so, so then you get to look at, wow, you know, um, what sort of emotional space was, was there for me in when I was that age, uh, or, and, or not, and mm -hmm. how do I want to do this differently with my child? And simultaneously, how do I want to do this differently with myself now? Because I still have some pain here, you know, and, and of course like triggers and things come up. So yeah. it is such an active, um, flexible, ongoing journey. And I think I'll be working to make peace with my past until the day that I'm no longer, you know, in this body, the last breath that yeah. I'm here. Thank you for acknowledging all of that. I'm, there's a lyric that came to mind while you were talking <clears throat> from, uh, my favorite musician, Sarah Bareilles. And it's no amount of remembering the better things will make the bad ones go away. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's like that laundry list that you're talking about. It exists no matter how it's the and, right? Like that laundry list is there and we can feel joy and happiness and pleasure and celebration. And that list is still there. Yeah. 
So you talked a little bit about like picking apart pieces. What has been some of the most important work for you? Mm. You know, I think it's really the parental uh, relationships, you know, like growing up um, and and as a mother now getting to look at my mother and and realize she really did the best she could. And to to actually believe that when I say it, not just to say it mm. to like, you know, because my therapist told me that and <laughs> and I have a hard time like swallowing that pill and I'm like yeah. repeating it back like a little parrot, like actually entering it. And it makes me emotional to say it because yeah. I can see her differently. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can what? really, I can really see, you know, like how hard she worked to make it magical, you know, and like the, the conditions were so challenging and she's still, and, and so like in my exhausted state of being a mother now and being like, how did she make dinner for us every single mm -hmm. night? Like she cooked a full meal for us and she lit candles and put on music like on a Tuesday after working all day in the medical clinic she worked in and driving home and being exhausted and having my dad just being like, God bless him, doing the best he could as well, but on another planet most times. Yeah. And yeah. she was so solid for us, right? And so there's so many things that you know, in my adolescence and into my 20s, I was so critical of my mom and so angry with her about certain things that were things I needed to transmute. I needed to alchemize. I needed to heal. And I'm so grateful because my motherhood journey has given me this like spotlight to see, you know, when, when my daughter gets short with me or irritated with me and I'm literally doing the best that I can, you know, realizing like, oh shit, <laughs> I did that too. And, um, and so it's, there's, there've been just beautiful reckonings and releases that have happened there. And, and I'll say this, like, none of it has been easy. I'm saying it in a way that sounds maybe poetic and beautiful right now, but I mean, it's like my mom and I like yelling at each other on the front lawn, having like a right. meltdown, sitting on the steps, just being like, what are we doing? You know, like, what are we doing? Like crying my head, my hands, like, I feel like I can't do enough. And she's like, I feel the same way. Ugh. Like, wow. Like how much courage it takes to have that conversation. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, that's what this podcast is even all about, right? Is like having those conversations yeah. because we shy away from them so often. Right. right. It's so, it's so hard. It's so uncomfortable. Yes. You know, like nobody wants to feel like that. Like we want to feel the, the, the good emotions. We want to feel the happy emotions. It's just so much easier there, but the real work happens in the complexity mm -hmm. and the pain is there. You know, I think this is an offering that, that helped me a lot when Ben's mom passed away. Um, you know, the pain was so big and so just crushing, but it was so big because the yeah. love was even bigger. And that's the truth about these relationships. And sometimes, you know, we're going to talk about relationships that, that end and the pain that comes with that and the love that comes with that and the grief that comes with knowing you just can't have that love in that way anymore. Yeah. And how gruesome that can feel. But what saves me, Rach, you know, over and over and over again is the remembrance of the love because that's the truest thing there is. How did you go from parroting, my mom was doing the best she could, like almost as a mantra that you don't believe, but you're like, I'm going to say it in the mirror over and over yeah. again until I believe it. How did you go from that to being able to embody it like you just shared? 
honestly being vulnerable with my mom, which required mm -hmm. taking big risks. And to me, vulnerability is truth. And so truth requires honesty. And so those places where, you know, my mom and I sort of like crossed over the line a little bit into that, like just total truth and honesty. And we were, you know, and we've really built that together. Like that has taken a lot of risks. It's taken a lot of pain. My mom, uh, you know, my whole life up until very recently was the silent treatment kind of responder. So she would not be happy about something. And then she would just literally cut off communication. And it's like, Still to mauling. me, I'm, yeah. And I'm an Enneagram nine. So like abandonment is my most terrifying wound. It is like, it's like, take my heart out and put it on a platter. Yeah. And then I will then go into all the codependent behavior responses, like all, uh, like all of that to like get you back. So I've learned these patterns that, about myself and what I've done. I will diminish my truth. I will you know, with my mom, it would just be like apologizing when I have nothing to apologize for. Mm. And so we had to really, you know, like years and years and years go to this place of having those communications in very challenging circumstances, like heated moments and, and being willing to say the, the honest thing there and to stay with it, you know, and to move with it. And just to say like, you're, you know, I, you're going to walk away again and we can never move through these things. And it's interesting because my mom will, when she's in the situation, she can't engage with what I'm saying when I'm telling her the truth like that. Yeah. But she, she'll change in the next iteration. So interesting. she can't, you know, she's definitely from the generation of we never apologize or say we're sorry for anything. Yeah. Unless it's, I'm so sorry. I was such a terrible mother, you know, mm. um, that kind of, you know, just sort of, I yeah. don't even know what that is, but just it, throwing yeah. it back in your face. Um, and you know, and, and I know that I know that that like admitting defeat, admitting that you're wrong air quotes is the ultimate like loss of power and also identity because she's my mother. And so she, she thinks the way that she was raised that she has to like have it all together to be my mother. Like she can't be that vulnerable person. Right. And I've just held with her and modeled that for her and made her realize I'm never abandoning you, right? So it's like the thing that has helped me a lot here is the thing that I desire in my relationship with another person, I have to model. I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150 card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code Rachel for 30% off the new After Dark deck. 
I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. And that's been the game changer, truly. Yeah. Tell me more about that and how kind of making peace with past stuff, more air quotes, um, has shown up in your present relationships. Mm. Um, yeah. So I would say let's talk about friendships because yeah. this is, oh, oh. <laughs> thank you for saying that because when I in the stomach, <laughs> yes. And when I say relationships right around here, it's like relationships or relationships or relationships yes. or relationships. Yeah. And our, humans relation yeah, re- relating exactly. together is a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I will often say relationship and someone's like, oh, your partner. And I'm like, no, my friend. And they're like, oh, so your friend. And I'm like, yeah we're in a relationship it's right right like we relating. don't like we don't like make out and stuff yeah um i don't know that's just not the way our relationship manifests itself we're friends right. you know we're yeah. friends so <laughs> exactly you know. exactly yeah. um, so friendships so friendships yeah so so complex and confusing and i'll yeah. go back in the time machine because i feel like this like sets Jeez. the stage so sixth grade I'm, I'm in the gym at school on morning, like the buses drop everybody off. It's winter in the, the pit hell of new England cold. Like we can't even go outside. It's like, you're, you're going to die. And so we're inside where I'm walk up the bleachers, the wooden bleachers. And I see my sweet little group of three friends and like a half friend with these two other girls. Now, one of them was like the most um, advanced girl in our whole grade. And when I say advanced, I mean like sexually advanced, right? Uh, and this is uh-huh. six, sixth grade. So just for reference, right? Like she's the one like teaching us all like what a blowjob is, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> these things. She's the one like giving out the, the tutorials. Okay. Yes. And, and I'm like, you know, very like, I'm like Virgo prudy status over here. So sometimes the things you post on social media, I'm like blushing. I'll be yeah. totally transparent. <laughs> so anybody listening to this, if that's you a little bit too like fist bump, yeah. because I'm like, oh, Rachel is teaching me some things. Um, <laughs> that's that's very yeah yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got we've got this gal here, and Mark say any names, um, and then we've got her like henchwoman who is her best friend and she just wants to be like her. And you can see all the social dynamics playing out. Right. And then we have like this one impressional girl in our group, our friend group who is like wanting to move with the fast crowd. Right. And the rest of us are just a bunch of like little, you know, we're just, we don't even, we're like little bunnies, you know, like we don't, we live in New Hampshire. Like we don't know what we're in the little middle school. And this one is now they had had a council meeting essentially before my bus dropped me off. And, and these, you know, the, the fast track gals have told the group essentially like, this is what we're doing now in this group. And Amber is no longer welcome to be a part of this friend group. (gasps) So I get kicked out of my friend group before the bell rings in sixth grade in the bleachers. My my stomach just sunk. Like my little plaid converse, you know? And I feel the world spinning. I feel the, the the heat of tears coming and the anger and the rage all at once. Yeah. And I just like grab my little backpack and I walk down those bleachers through the sea of everybody and all of their dynamics, feeling like I'm completely alone on an island and everybody's going to find out that I'm the worst person in the world that just got kicked out of my friend group. I walk all the way across the gym floor, the long walk to the girls' locker room. I remember walk through the two doors and I'm in like the balmy cold locker room sitting on the bench crying and then the gym teacher is in her office and I didn't know she was in there so she comes out and she's like are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine 
And she's like, do you need anything? I'm like, nope. Won't mm. say a word. Simultaneously at home, <clears throat> at home, things are going really badly in my parents' marriage. And there is just tumultuousness and a lot of emotional duress. And I have no person on the planet that I can talk to about this because my parents clearly can't handle having a communication about how they're being, what they're doing. And now my friends just kicked me out of my friend group. And, and no I also, space for your emotions no, and, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said anything because I wanted to protect my parents. So I would never said something bad about my dad, you know, mm. cause he's a soccer coach and I don't want anybody to think badly about any of my, my parental units, you know? Yeah. And so I'm just alone, like completely in a pit of despair as like this, what was I like 13 or something, 12 year old, 13 year old me sitting in this <laughs> locker room and that made a huge imprint, right, of these friends. And and fast forward later in the day, I don't even know what happened from there. I kind of like blacked out on the memory. For sure. But I remember thinking about lunchtime and being like, what am I going to do? Like literally, where am I going to go? There's nowhere to go. And I'm going to sit by myself. Like that was an unfathomable oh, possibility. Lunchtime is so traumatizing <laughs> at this age. It's like, they're so... Yes. What am I going to do? Like, I can't sit with the cool girls because they're a bunch of jerks. And then Uh my group, who's like the moderate cool girls, have kicked me out. And then there's like, (laughs) you know, the like really nice like band kids I could sit with. But then also like, is that social suicide? And what am I going to do? You know, I'm like literally calculating this in my head. And then I have to like go sit in like literature class and like do schoolwork. And and meanwhile, like the boy that I like is like still flirting with me. And I like have all these mixed feelings and emotions about about Derek, you know, because I have this big crush on him. And so it's just a nightmare. But by the time we get to lunch, blessedly, the angels that were the three little bunnies, Alan, Amber and Erica are like, that wasn't right we're so sorry we didn't stand up for you. And they like rescued me. And they're like, you, you can sit with us. And they like, they decided like from their, the goodness of their little hearts that like they weren't going to let that go down. Thank Whoa. the Lord. Thank the Lord. But here's me, right? Like as an adult now, just being like, well, first of all, I'm going to just homeschool my daughter for eternity because F all these fucking kids. I am not <laughs> like sending her into the wolves, right? Like this Oh my gosh. Right. Like this, it was so traumatic. Don't trust the children. (laughs) Oh, so the waves of this, right. This, this experience. And just, I love all of you that are like relating to this and you're with me in this, that you're like that. I had that happen to that fucking bitch. Right. You know, I am with you in the pain of that. And then, you know, fast forward into adult land and the complexity of relationships and, and the ghosting and the canceling and the, the, the rules that you didn't know that you had to abide by in order to be in the friendship. And I'm still, I I still am the bunny. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm just like not a person who keeps score in friendship and never have been. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, try to be as emotionally sovereign as possible, but I've also done just I've done basically a PhD in emotional, my own emotional unpacking and and work. (laughs) I can vouch for that. (laughs) Not that you need a, a voucher, but just anybody listening like this woman. Yes. The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant derived. 
Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. Um, and also just, you know, my childhood, I was in therapy from like age four to eight because I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And so there's, a, I, my, I had to grow up emotionally, like in my, my capacity to survive emotionally so fast, like probably the oldest eight-year-old you ever met because my emotional development was so significantly high. My mother took me to therapy and demanded that I go. And I remember being a super angry kid and being like, I don't want to go. I remember saying, this is, this is wild. Even at five sitting in group therapy mm -hmm. and watching the other kids and hearing kind of like what had happened in their worlds and thinking to myself, they're, they have a way worse situation than me. Like they should, they need more help. I'm fine. I don't even need to be here. But I also remember when they, the, the therapist gave me a mirror and wrote on the back of it, Every time you look in this mirror, you get to see how beautiful or something you are like. And mm. all I wanted to do was smash it. Mm. All I wanted to do was just shatter it. I was so angry. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be a normal kid. I was tired. I testified in court and I didn't want to do that anymore against my abuser. <sighs> I was just like, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. You know, as a kid. And I just want to be a kid. I just wanted to play with my Barbies and go run in the woods and, you know, be with my brother and just do all these things. So, so the layers, like, um, also, nobody knew about that part of my life. That was like the big secret I would, I never told anybody. And I remember I didn't tell anybody about it until I was in college. So none of your friends knew growing up. None of my friends knew. None of those friends knew that. No. What made you share in college? Intimacy with, with friends, you know, um, I remember my yeah. best friend, Shannon, you know, um, when she came out and like just her being so brave and vulnerable, it was like, we've shared like the parts of ourselves that that were really important, you know, parts of us and our stories and, um, through connection, you know, I think bonding and intimacy in that way. And there, and there's intimacy and friendships, you guys, right. It doesn't have to be physical. Thank it's you. emotional intimacy. It's, yes. I have emotional intimacy with, with my, all of my best friends. I have emotional intimacy with you. Yeah. And it's a beautiful dynamic thing, but I think I can't get to emotional intimacy in a safe way with others. If I'm not willing to have it with myself. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really been, you know, this, this focal point of work. And when it comes to friendships, right. So we, it's like, I'm bringing up that story from sixth grade because we all have wounds and, and, and those, we, we sort of, you know, it's like, I just recently had neurotherapy in my knee. Uh, I've had a bunch of surgeries. And so what that was, was like breaking down the scars. Mm. And I feel like I have a different knee now without all that scar tissue in place. And I just was laying on the table there as like, we were going through this process and it was very emotional. I was like crying through it all. And she was like, this is, everybody cries in this because there's an emotional release that happens with the scar tissue because the way that emotions held in the body. Yep. And yeah, crying's emotional sweating. Yeah, I know. I love when you say that. It's like, I'm <laughs> detoxing guys. Yeah. Um, I, I had this thought of like, oh, the false supports of the scar tissue have been removed. And they, they, it served its purpose for the time that it needed to be there. And I was ready to release that. And I think it's the same thing with the wounds of friendship, pain and relationship, you know, intimate relationship, pain 
the other side, it's like, what are those sort of false supports that I put up in place temporarily? Because I, I hadn't, I hadn't finished building the thing yet for it to stand on its own. And, and so in friendships, that's like, let me, let me do all the things for you. Like, let me, let me just like ask how you are all the time and never, never like allow you to reciprocate. And how many of us have been in that friendship where it's like, oh. wow, this is just such a one-way street, man. Uh, like So many of mine. And so then we get resentful and yep. then it's like, but you set it up this way. Like you <laughs> yeah. decided to become friends with a person who was only available for you to be the support person for them. Yep. And when we gain our identity from that and feel that th this sense of belonging, right? It's safer. It's yeah. safer to be the one that's giving. It's safer to be the one that is like, oh, what can I do for you? Instead of the one that says, I need this, I need help. Because as you were saying before, it's, it's vulnerable. Luanda Massager is a woman-founded luxury vibrator brand that brings unparalleled quality to a notoriously sketchy industry. Luanda originated as one hell of a classic wand, all the power you could want with an award-winning design to match, and has now become a full line of best-in-class, heart-pounding, hair-raising toys designed with pleasure in mind for all bodies. Take 25% off your order at lawandmassager.com using code Rachel Wright. Well, and I think it's extra tricky when you are in a profession like the one you and I are in. Yeah. Because it's a very natural groove for us to be the helper. Yep. And when I think about some of the most painful friendship breakups that I've had in the recent past, mm -hmm. coincidentally, all of them were people who had been client type friends. Mm. And then, and then, right. It's like, oh, and so that's, that's actually, I, I had a conversation with a client once who was saying to me, you know, like, I'm ready to be complete with coaching, but like, I really want to have a friendship with you. And I really want to have this connection because I really feel it. And I, and, and I had to say to her, I, I love you so much for that. You know, like I, I really appreciate, but here's the deal. You love our connection and our relationship because I am here to listen to every single thing you say and to support yeah. you in that because that's my job. You don't there you think you know a lot about my life based upon what you see on social media and what you see from, you know, you've met me in person all this and and you do, you know, like I'm not everything that I show you is real and authentic, but yeah. you don't know about my inner pain and suffering and right. my life and my story and you don't you don't know these things because you shouldn't. Correct. Because that's not appropriate in this professional relationship for me to be bringing these things into our work together. Yeah, it's their space, not yours. It's your space. I'm, yeah. I am here to hold with you. Yeah. And so it was an interesting, you know, thing for her because she just hadn't ever heard this before and, and thought about this before as a coach herself. And I was like, this is important. This is an important conversation to have because this is going to happen for you too. And it's going to feel complex. And if I look back on it, it's like, you know, um, I don't have any regrets, but I realized like that the friendship was conceived through that, that dynamic. And it is very rare for a friendship to be able to sort of, you know, seesaw balance itself out beyond that kind of a dynamic. And, you know, therapy and coaching are different, right? There's like, there's a difference between these yep. two professions and the ways, ways that things can cross like that. Um, but it's a line I've really had to hold, you know, mm -hmm. in a, in a way that 
maybe I didn't realize I did early on in my career. Yeah. And, and I realized like most of the people that have come through that have become more friendly and this isn't a universal of course, but it's like, Oh yeah, I, I really wish it was different, but it's kind of not like yeah. when you show up in full service of, of this person with the second that things shift where it's like, you're not this like perfect polished version of yourself to show up to help them. And mm, they aren't, they're not available for that. They're not available for you not being kind of in this like perfect mode. And, and so that yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm slowing down yes. here because I'm like, wow, that, okay, that's interesting. But I also think with my coach, my mentor, I'm not like trying to be her best friend. Right. I love right. her. I support her. I say, you know, like give, give my love to your partner, you know, when we sign off because I care about them, but I'm not like, you know, she's a lot older than me. She's not like my grandma or my mom. Like she is my mentor. Right. And, and I pay her every month, you know, yep. for our calls. Like, would we be having those calls if I were not paying her to have them? No. Right. We would not. Well, and that's, you know, I, I often have had conversations with clients that, um, are struggling with the like quote unquote transactional aspect yeah. of, of therapy or coaching, whichever one I'm, I'm doing with them. And I have had so many conversations in which I have had to explain just that the, the care is not based on the funds exchanged. No, no, the, no, no. The container is what is yes. based on the that's funds what you're buying. That's what you're paying for. Yes. Yes. You're, you're yes. paying for the container and the, for the time the, and the space. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the skills that you yes. as the coach or the therapist are bringing into that container. Yes. It is not paying for a friend. It is not paying for love. It is not paying for any of that. It's, it's the container. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And for the, you know, I'll use the word transformation here. It's not the, it's not the perfect word. Um, but like when I go to therapy, that is my hope is that I'm going to move through that. I'm going to get the support, you know, obviously with coaching, it's that way. Like what, what is, what is, you're going to help me alchemize this stuff and and also access and see things that I just can't seem to to discover on my own and you're gonna you're gonna hold in a safe way for me as I navigate that because as we know it's like it's super complex um to do that deep excavation work with ourselves and so you're gonna make it a safe space for me to do that excavation work in a way that I don't think I could do by myself Ugh. This is so beautiful. In the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about how to talk about sex and other mm, intense topics with your partner. And I mentioned working with a company that I love and have partnered with called Best Self Co. They're the company that I created the Intimacy After Dark deck with. Well, I love the team over there. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, we are combining forces to give one lucky listener per episode a free Intimacy After Dark deck. What do you have to do to enter? Visit bestself.co slash Rachel. Plus, don't forget that they are offering all my listeners 30% off the new After Dark deck. Again, visit bestself.co and use promo code Rachel. Okay. So I know we're getting towards time that we need to wrap. And I want to ask you if you could summarize for someone who 
is struggling to make peace with their past, whether that's the language that they would use, or it's like, you know, my, my Mm. past shit just keeps coming up. My, my relationship with my dad keeps manifesting in my friendships and my marriage, whatever it is, Mm. Mm. where, where would you advise those folks to start? You know, I think that not to sound cliche, but Mm. it's, it is a truth that every single day we have the opportunity to be new. Mm. And if you have a vision and a, and a, a dream, if you will, for things to be different, every single day you can move a step, even if it's just like a little tiny baby step, just inching forward closer to that. And you can live closer to that new way of being and and the the just by the way time works you get further away from those places and spaces and then if we take that and then we sort of mirror that into how the brain works like from a brain science perspective mm-hmm. this is how we build new neural pathways this is i mean it's like the the mechanics of you doing that and putting your focus in that different place is literally rewiring your brain yep and so i want i love that cuz i'm such a I'm such a like brain science person and also like woo at the same time. I'm both. (laughs) And I'm like, it really is that way. Like if the dream is in you, it's for you literally because your brain is rewiring towards living as a new person. And as I said to you before we hit record, like we haven't really spent a lot of time together in like three years, you know, and I'm like, we're different people. Like we actually are. Our brains are different. Our cells are different. We're different humans. We've lived through so many things and the complexity of that over these last three years. So I just want to remind you, like every day is, is, is not just a chance to be new, but you are new. You're becoming new every day. And if you have the intention to, I'm not even gonna use the word heal, like alchemize, like release, like free yourself of the weight and the shackles of that past pain, then, then yay, like congrats. You get to keep doing that. And I don't see any point in you know, Rach, like sitting here and and berating myself about and my third my my mentor has helped me tremendously with this, right? Because I could, I mean, I can just pull anything out of a hat and suddenly like make it a weapon against myself. I'm just like right. so good at that. Um, just recently learning that, you know, Ani is in OT now and she's got some stuff going on that I didn't know about until now. Mm. And she's gonna be nine. And then it's like, you know, my mentor's like, I'm like, is it because like when I was pregnant, you know, I took Zofran because I was dying and I needed to go to work. And she's just mm. like, so we could do that. Like we could literally like make a whole laundry list of all the reasons why your child is neurodivergent. Or you could just enjoy your child now and do exactly what you're doing to help her yeah. navigate what she's navigating. And I'm like, yeah. right, <laughs> 100%. Right, like I just, yeah. I just don't And which need one to, is going to benefit her more? Which is more helpful to to for us, you know, yeah. collectively. And so I say that to you guys, like, I believe one of the most underrated um, directives or invitations in the coaching space, especially in personal development and all these things is self-compassion. I, we didn't, we didn't learn that guys. We did not learn how to be compassionate with ourselves. We learned how to work harder, how to push, how to have grit and tenacity and persistence. We got praise for our resilience after surviving so much shit that we should have never had to go through, but okay, water under the bridge. But nobody ever said like, wow, really good job on, on being kind to yourself there today. Yeah. Way to go with that. Because here's the thing, like, I don't know a person 
who has achieved things in a healthy way, like mind, body, spirit, who was like whipped the whole way there. I don't know somebody who's been able to do that and, and be like, not a mess. Like if you think about some of the highest achievers that you know, right, they like, re they achieve, 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 achieve. And then it's just like this big collapse. It's this big colossal blow up in your face collapse. And it's like, you know, we sit there and watch that play out on the pages of the tabloids. And it's like, mm -hmm. did anybody want to like give that girl a hug and tell her that her body was perfect the way it was and that she was super talented and it was okay that her art that she just created didn't hit the top of the charts and that her feeling fulfilled and enjoying life is way more important than being a pop superstar. Like I'm just using that as an yeah. example, but it's like, yeah. no, we don't hear that. Nobody celebrates no. that. And so this is a place for that. Self-compassion, I promise you guys, is the linchpin. Like it is the thing that is going to free you from from the past and the 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 pain of your past being in this like just throbbing, painful state to soothe you a little bit. And you know, I just get a visual of like a river, like in the woods, just like breathe it down. And then I'll give you one more because some of you guys are like, that's nice. You know, I know, I know you guys <laughs> so well. You're like, that's sweet. I saw the river too. Cool. Um, I'm still <laughs> pissed at myself. I want to ask you if you would, if you would do this, if you would think the same thoughts, right, about a friend who's going through a similar circumstance, right? Like they're going through a divorce or they made a mistake. They screwed up something really badly. And, you know, like what would you actually think those thoughts that you're saying to yourself about them? And would you say them to them? I'm willing to bet a million dollars, not in a million years. You wouldn't. You just wouldn't. So that's that's all you need, guys. Like, that's all we need. Like, if I wouldn't say those things that I say to myself to Rach, then why am I saying them to myself? Self-compassion. Okay. Try softer. Yes. Eh? Try softer. Try softer. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. So can you let people know where they can find you and your amazing stuff? Cause I know before, before you say it, one of the things you mentioned that like some of the stuff you read on my Instagram, you're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm blushing a little bit. Amber and I are so, so, so different in so many ways. And yet, the same in so many ways. And so you will find completely different content on Amber's Instagram. <laughs> and if you resonate with the, the um, openness and the authenticity, and I know that that word's overused, but I truly mean it as authenticity. If you resonate with that, that aspect of my space, you will resonate with Amber's content. And I just want to name that because when they go over to your Instagram, they're going to be like, wait, what? That This is going to be like, what, oh my God, look at the cute baby. Yeah, exactly. And, and talking and, about like yeah. mindset and so, yes. anyway, yes. yes, wanted to yes. name that. So where can people find your beautiful content? Yep. I'm over at um, my website's amberlilystrom.com. And I really, my coaching work is really with entrepreneurs and business owners. So if you're, you're a, someone who's trying to do conscious business work and ethical ethical sales and, yes. um oh man non-racist work ethical. like emphasis on doing things in a way that that is that is going to be healing and expansive that's how i do all my coaching um you can go to amberlilystrom.com and then i have a podcast called the amber lilystrom show 
which we'll have to have you back on again, Rach. And, um, yeah, and then I'm on Instagram. Stuff. I love Instagram so much. It's my, it's my spot. It's my place. Same. So just at Amber Lillystrom, um, I would love it if you guys DM'd and just connected. And if this was helpful in any way, or you relate, um, to the locker room story or whatever, um, I would love to connect yeah. with this beautiful community. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. Thanks sister. That's all for today. You sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. 